Hi, this is Melody. Hello, this is Shannon. And you are listening to the NPOMG podcast. OMG, OMG. <laughs> how are you, Shannon? I'm fantastic. How about you? I can't complain. Cool. How cool. was your week? My week was fantastic. Oh, that's, you like exaggerated that. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. It was there was like serious. seven exclamation points behind that. Okay, it was okay. great. Noted, noted. It was. What made it fantastic? Um, I think I'm finally getting my life together. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, I got a new planner. I got a new calendar. New planner. Yes. Okay. Push it up. That. Hashtag new planner. So then <laughs> I got um, a lot of my client work finished. Okay. Um, I got some really good news this week that okay. I'm really toying with. So all in all, it's been a good week. Awesome. And so how about you? It was good. It was interesting. There was okay. some like, you know, interesting things with clients, mm-hmm. um, last minute, you know, stuff going on, but I maintained. That's cool. You know, so it was good. I attended the uh Share Charlotte nonprofit summit. Absolutely. You we were there did. Too, right? We did beside each other. Yes. Did not get dismissed from the room. We did not. That we was did awesome. Not. Maybe side eye, you know. <laughs> but overall it was pretty good. It was um honestly it was better than last year. Awesome. Um okay. and I really enjoyed the speakers. Shout yes. out to Carrie Cook too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we need to I need to get her on the show because yes. um she did an amazing job yeah. on the panel. Yeah. And just like held it down for black women. I was Absolutely. like yes! Yeah. Okay. She's awesome. She's awesome. Yes. So, so what was your NPOMG moment of the week? My NPOMG moment of the week was um, a client that uh, I had been helping them from the very beginning kind of get on their feet, even though had, they had been doing um, the work in their nonprofit for many years. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people work in their passion, but they're not working in the business of the yeah. nonprofit. So I'd been working with him to get, you know, a good board foundation, some process and procedures, and get him actually really grant ready. Like, he'd pick up some things every now and then, but the reality is get your business together so you have something to submit. So we, you know, took a stab at a grant opportunity that he was kind of like, well, I'm not sure, and his grant was approved, and it was a good amount, more than he'd ever gotten. And so um, to him and to me, that means a lot. It means that um, it's not necessarily about serving more but just taking a deeper dive into who he's already serving yeah because it's like underserved children and youth and he's only able to do so much but right. with this opportunity he's able to go a little bit deeper so okay. oh that's a really great oh moment. my god he got his great <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's and great. what about you what was your OMPG moment um oh gosh um I guess mine was just like discovering the needs of a new potential client okay and just like how they had no clue that they just had this niche huh. and so pulling that apart and having them go mm-hmm. oh yeah that totally matters yeah and how they can kind of um basically you know market that yeah. particular niche so that was exciting for me fantastic congratulations well thank then. you thank awesome. you i enjoy that <laughs> so um speaking of kind of like niches right um, yeah i i'm excited about our guest today me too. david jessup jr Woo-hoo! yes Cue so, applause. right <laughs> we totally need to get that on here <laughs> like random applause um so David is the founder and chief executive officer of DigiBridge, a federally recognized Charlotte-based nonprofit working at the nexus of technology and education. Ooh, that's heavy. Right. That's heavy. The Good organization work. believes that the digital divide, a reality that affords only some students with access needed in order to be successful in a global economy, is exasperating the country's educational achievement gap. 
I agree. Mm. I agree with that. Employing a three-pronged strategy to eradicate this divide, David oversees advocacy activities, consultancy efforts, efforts, and educational course offerings carried out by DigiBridge. David is a former corps member with Teach for America and brings his educational experience to the forefront in support of 21st century teaching and learning. David received a bachelor's degree in political science and pre-law from the University of Central Florida and a master's degree in nonprofit management as well as at um, the University of Central Florida. And his spare time, I love hearing about people's spare time. <laughs> uh, David serves as a global shaper with the World Economic Forum, practices yoga, and enjoys consuming desserts at any time of day with family and friends. That's yes. a good pastime. Let's welcome David, right? <laughs> welcome, hey, David. David. Hey. Hi, hi. I'm glad to be here. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. David, so I've known you for a number of years now. My son actually attended DigiBridge for a little while, and he loved it. Um, he's moody now, so, you know, he's at preteen stage. <laughs> but um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and, um, yeah, let's let the people know what's going on with you. Sure. So um, thank you again for having me today. I'm excited to chat with you both uh, and think a little bit more about some of the OMG nonprofit moments <laughs> um, that either I've experienced or witnessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, DigiBridge was more or less the identification of a need. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I set out to intentionally make. Uh, It was the result of uh, conversations and work in and with communities, specifically in uh, West Charlotte through Mm -hmm. Project Lift, uh, a a nine-school turnaround effort at the time, 2012-2013. We recognized that we were doing a really awesome job of deploying technology to schools. Uh, And many would say that we have uh, eliminated the digital divide from the perspective of kids during school having access to hardware. Uh, What we ultimately saw pretty quickly after the deployment of thousands of laptops uh, was that there wasn't much change happening in the schoolhouse. The Mm -hmm. same types of exercises Mm -hmm. were still and are still being conducted uh, by students, facilitated by teachers, just through a computer. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what I often say is what we've we've figured out a way to do is uh, expensively cut the cost of of, uh, copied worksheets. Okay. Uh, So all all we're doing in many spaces is just digitizing worksheets. Okay. Uh, Worksheets to prepare kids to take an assessment that may or may not be an indicator of their ability uh, Mm -hmm. to succeed in this 21st century world that we live in. Right. Okay. That's big work. Yeah. That's good work. It it has been great work. Uh, It's big work. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I set out initially for this to be a three-year thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of our first board meetings at the Foundation for the Carolinas, I said, we can solve this problem in three years with some policy change uh, and some some systems level uh, shifts in thinking and implementation. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when we dug into the work and we started to see the complexities of the system, Mm -hmm. uh, we we found ourselves uh, creating a longer and longer strategic plan. <laughs> Have you been getting the support from, um, you know, the, the your funders, supporters? Have you been getting that support to continue with that um, long-term strategic plan there? So that's a really great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our town specifically, it is hard to find money to fund advocacy work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and advocacy work is incredibly important. Uh, advocacy work for those who aren't 
familiar may be talking with local legislators or school board members. It may be uh, meeting with elected officials at the state level. In North Carolina, it's the state level. Our, our state elected officials are those people who are making decisions about our K-12 public system. Mm -hmm. uh, and so finding funds to do that work, to basically convince someone that computer science needs to be a part of the academic day, right. or that we need to de-emphasize standardized testing is, can be really challenging, mm, challenging. Uh, and take time and take you know, a six-month fellowship, you may meet with one legislator, which mm -hmm. is precisely what happened last year. Wow. Uh, and so while we've had a hard time finding funds locally for advocacy work, what we do is we, through these uh, activities and engagements that we uh, create in community, uh, we create advocates and we, mm. have, we, we provide right. people with the skills they need with residents and supporters of the organization with the skills they need to then become advocates so that yeah. it's not so dependent on uh, the organization and staff and board yeah. uh, uh, here mm. locally. Yeah. Okay. That is, that's huge. That's big work. But at the same time, you know, um, I can attest to that in this area, it's almost like what's your outcome and they don't recognize that right. um, as an advocate to work towards policy change, we can actually get the outcomes that you guys expect, mm -hmm. but things have to change at a level where it's expected across the board, not yeah. just one offs. So I totally get where you're coming from there. Um, so, um, so you've had a wealth of experience and kind of speaking in this way of funding, um, not only programming, but this advocacy work, um, what is one of the top, the biggest misconceptions that about nonprofit organizations that kind of rise to the top for you? So in reading some of your, your, your bio stuff and some emails that have floated across, I know you mentioned something about this common misconception about the fact of nonprofits making money. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts there. So what do you all know Goodwill for? Selling clothes. I say job training. Job training. Okay, mm -hmm. so you really know Goodwill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Most people will say buying clothes. Like that's huh. Goodwill is a place where you can buy clothes. Huh, okay. uh, many, you know, if you if you go to their website, their mm -hmm. retail establishment is is what you see. Right. Uh, it's what brings people into the work, and hopefully, a, a, a byproduct of that is folks who are shopping at Goodwill come to learn about the many other offerings uh, and the great work that Goodwill is doing in community. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the, the common misconceptions and even uh, among family members of mine who are proximate to the work is that uh, we can't make a profit. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we have spent a lot of time over the last 12 to 14 months uh, talking with our constituents and uh, determining how we maintain true maintain our mission work while yes. simultaneously mm -hmm. figuring out how to generate a profit right mm -hmm. uh, and it turns out that the mission work what we're doing in community mm -hmm. uh, is is something that fa all families want yes. for their kids mm -hmm. and so we decided to monetize it for those families who have the ability to pay for the coursework okay um, so while we are an advocacy organization mm -hmm. we offer coursework which basically is uh, showing uh, showing community what what we aspire to see during the school day so okay. our steam Saturdays coursework yeah. uh, takes place uh, in schoolhouses title one schoolhouses funded mostly by the philanthropic community and in co-working spaces uh, hotels and community centers in 
uh, neighborhoods where families have the ability to pay for tuition. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So you're so you're monetizing a little bit, generating some revenue in the same space as you're being able to to teach folks from these underserved communities simultaneously. Yep. Fabulous. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so. Been how exciting. does that show up um, when you are speaking with funders? Like, what what do you articulate to them that makes them go, "Okay, this is it." So I have just started having conversations. I started having conversations with our funders about this in uh, the fall of 2018. Okay, sharing that we were really going to ramp up our efforts to uh, create a fee for service model, create a business model, and. Every single one of them have loved it. Okay. Because what it ultimately means is that the impact of their dollar could potentially go further. Okay. Um, Because the money that we're generating from the the, uh, fee-for-service coursework and those offerings that parents pay Mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, that money can then be used to even further our mission to advance the work Uh uh, that we're doing. So it's... it's, uh, the reception has been really great, and I think most of the time your funders are very in tune with, uh, the, uh, with the environment, mm-hmm. and we know that that there are uh, there are limited resources, and yeah. there is not a desire for many foundations to fund an organization for 15 or 20 years anymore right you yeah. know there's there's shareholders their their investors start to say wait why are we still funding yeah you know this same issue 15 yeah. 20 years later and so to be able to uh, make a seed investment in an organization like digibridge knowing that digibridge is simultaneously working to sustain itself and some of its own programming mm-hmm. uh, i think has been beneficial for us would you consider DigiBridge more of a social enterprise at this point? <laughs> uh, so, no. Okay. okay. Uh, and here's where I'll be vulnerable for a second. I don't particularly enjoy the business aspect of things. Okay. Um, and so that is why uh, I was just asked that a couple of weeks ago, like, would you have started uh, a social venture, you know, a for-profit mm-hmm. social venture instead of a nonprofit? Mm-hmm. The answer is no, right. um, because I, I never had the idea that we were going to generate revenue. I never had the idea that we were going to serve um, anyone other than those who uh, I didn't feel or mm-hmm. who were telling us mm-hmm. weren't those who weren't being served. I, I, I never intended a set out to serve um, the community whole. I'm excited okay. to be. I'm yeah. learning a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly not what gets me out of bed in the morning. Okay. Mm. Okay. I wish it did. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, um, so how do you, how do people hear about DigiBridge? Like what is your, from a marketing standpoint, what is your marketing strategy around that? Yeah. So if you asked me that, like, Two years ago, I would have said <laughs> they need to be interested. Uh, you know, if I have to first explain what the problem is and try and invest people in the idea that there is a problem, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's a waste of my time because I can more quickly go into places where folks already know the problem exists and mm-hmm. help help them see what the potential solution is. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're thinking about that work completely different and saying we need a really strong marketing campaign mm-hmm. uh, in order to ensure that folks see our brand, you know, mm-hmm. the DB as sort of a household name for a couple reasons. One, so that they're buying our classes and they're they're patronizing uh, they're, or, or, or they're visiting uh, right. what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but and more importantly, uh, so that they're learning about the mission. You know, uh-huh. we, we are now seeing 
the, the business, and I have started to see the business, the, the for-profit coursework, as a way to invest people in the mission. Okay. Um, and so we just won a, a grant from Ray Ward to help oh, us nice. with Congratulations. our, yeah, to help us with our uh, marketing plans. We mm-hmm. had uh, an awesome group of MBA students who delivered this beautiful 96-page oh, um, strategic communications plan to Whoa. us. And then we looked at it and said, uh, we don't know how we're going to do any of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, Get that down to one page. Right. <laughs> right. So um, we're taking a lot of that, mm-hmm. and we are going to begin using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer your question, the majority of folks are hearing about our work through the Internet right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So what um, challenges as the executive director are you facing with funding or with um, even participants? And, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, being in community with folks and, you know, being of service, really. So what challenges are you facing with that? So I think that uh, when I reflect on, like, the challenges of being in the position of CEO or executive director, uh, they're, they're those things that we, we all share in common. Funding is always inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Staffing mm-hmm. is always mm-hmm. challenging. Do we lose sleep over those things a little bit, but not nearly as much as, as uh, what I've been losing sleep over of late? And that is the idea that change really is incremental and mm-hmm. that we are going to have to take small steps mm-hmm. to engage people in our work. And a lot of times their first engagement in our work will be self-motivated yeah. through yeah. through our fee-for-service programming. Mm-hmm. That has been kind of tough for me mm-hmm. uh, and something that I have really had to push my mindset around uh, and, and, and recognize that uh, people can come to us because they want something and we can share our mission with them and it mm-hmm. still may not resonate with them. They, they, they still may simply want to be engaged in order to get what it is that they need mm. for their child. Um, and and uh, at first I felt that to be problematic, but in fact, we can still move forward yeah, with yeah. our mission work mm-hmm. using the dollars that they're uh, investing in their child in our larger mission. Okay, okay. Right. So the other thing is you um, you spoke of being in schools, and I know sometimes when, uh, when someone is interested in getting into CMS or um, Charlotte Mecklenburg system, that's our school system here in Charlotte, um, they're interested in doing that. What what steps did you take to do that? Or like who, you know, did you have to know someone and know someone? Like how was that process? So I moved here to support mm-hmm. the launch of Project Lift. So fairly early on, I knew someone who knew someone. Okay. okay. Um, but ultimately the idea of getting in with CMS, while it sounds like a great one, uh, what, what folks have to realize is, is that, that it is a huge organization. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, are, are you able to serve, you know, what, is it 150,000 kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what does that look like? So while you may have aspirational goals around that, mm-hmm. um, I always encourage people to start with the schoolhouse. Okay. Uh, start where you mm-hmm. have the relationship. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. a fan of uh, opting in, mm-hmm. uh, asking schools to opt in versus a blanket mandate in which principals then have to try and opt out yeah. because mm-hmm. they don't want to opt out for fear that people will think, oh, they don't really care about the program or they Absolutely. don't really care about mm-hmm. the kids. So when you find those champions who opt in, who are emailing you saying, 
I want your program at our school. Uh-huh. That's how I encourage folks yeah, to, yeah. to do the work. We started in all of the Project Lift schools, all of the Project Lift K-8s. Huh. Um, okay. A year and a half later, we were in one school, and we were only in one school because that principal said, I want you in our school. Hmm. And that was a tough time for us, mm-hmm. uh, but it was also a time of incredible learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about to date, how many students do you think that DigiBridge has served? Mm. So well over 5,000. Awesome. Uh, Last year we served over 2,500 kids, and that means that scholars who participated in our our program, those 2,500, uh, attended at least five 90-minute sessions of our Mm. coursework. Whoa. Uh, So we, we, we also count experiences, so, you know, Connect with Culture Day and mm-hmm. other community-wide experiences where folks may stop by at a table. Mm-hmm. You know that number's a lot higher, mm-hmm. um, but we have have served well over five thousand. Awesome! That is awesome. Now I have a a, a, a broad-ish question for you. What does success in DigiBridge look like for you as the founder, executive director? What what is it that success would look like if you had to like lay it out? So I think success ultimately for DigiBridge, the nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. would be uh, our ceasing to exist, mm. uh, meaning that the work that we do becomes a part of the academic day for all mm. kids. Uh, so that we're not needing to advocate and that we're not needing to find Saturday mornings to do this 90 minutes worth of work. Um, I think, uh, you know, success for the for-profit side of the venture, the the revenue side of the venture, Mm -hmm. is being able to generate sufficient revenue to pay our people well, uh, Mm -hmm. to pay our educators well, Mm -hmm. uh, so that they feel encouraged uh, and uh, empowered to continue the work. Mm. That's a beautiful sentiment that things like DigiBridge don't have to exist. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that on the way over here. Like, what do we need to do in order to ensure that Second Harvest Food Bank doesn't need to exist? You know? Right. Right. What steps do we take? Well, I think you guys are taking a great first step in in making sure. Now, you guys are currently still in some Title I schools? We are. How yes. many Title I schools are so you? So we are in anywhere between seven to nine Title I schools okay. um, on Saturday mornings. Nice. And that's the other thing. So you guys are on a Saturday morning. And yes. children are still, parents are still bringing Getting their kids. Their kids there. Children are still like, no, I want to attend. Absolutely. So there's definitely a need there right. and a want. Right. Right? Like the, and a desire to be there. Because Saturday mornings, I don't even want to do anything. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. But the fact that parents and children are like, nope, we're going. We love it consistently. Consistently. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, well, the, the school that we started at, you know, we're going on our fourth year, thanks wow. to funding from Ortho Carolina Foundation. Oh, nice. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys take traditional and non-traditional funding as well, too. We do, yeah. Awesome. So we, we have a, a mix of grant foundation funding, okay. uh, a little bit of what, what some might call marketing dollars for businesses, mm-hmm. nice. uh, individual gifts uh, from our, our champions, our, our people like you, Melody, who are champions <laughs> of our work. Thank you. Um, and then now we have this growing uh, pot of money that is from earned revenue. Uh, through our fee-for-service coursework. 
awesome. uh, the lion's share of our work is still made possible by grants because of foundations. Yes. yes. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you to the foundations of the world yes, who right? support Absolutely. organizations like this. When they let us do the good work. That's yeah. important. Yes. Yeah. So I would love to hear your NPOMG moment. It can be something related to DigiBridge or not. What's something that made you go, oh my goodness? So there's a lot going on in the world right now, <laughs> right? Like everyone's saying that. And this week, I, a lot of times I don't slow down mm-hmm. uh, to, to recognize how much great is happening in our community. Mm-hmm. This week for me was like a, a, an NPO MG moment. Uh, are there two O's or one? NPOO just, just, or just NPOMG? One. Non-profit, okay, sorry, oh my did. God. Nonprofit, oh my God. So there was so much great going on in this community this week and this yeah. weekend. And it was there was just this adrenaline that I had that I hadn't felt in a little while. I think oh, wow. partially because we sort of, while a lot is going on in the nonprofit world in November and December, mm-hmm. we're all just hustling to meet so many different expectations right. and deadlines mm-hmm. by December 31st Ooh. that a lot of the programming, even if you are engaged in programming, mm-hmm. it's not enjoyable because mm-hmm. you're like, I need this to get mm-hmm. done with so that I can get these letters out That's or right. so that I can That's reconcile so right. this budget or make sure that the accountant has these mm-hmm. addresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now that most of that is out of the way, you know, the, the, uh, the fun mm-hmm. of the work is picking back up again. Yeah. And so, uh, there were between the share summit and their, yeah. the shares goodie awards yes. and uh, connect with culture days was yeah. Friday and Saturday. Wow. 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 Yeah. I have always said Pecha Kucha was my favorite uh, activity in Charlotte, which is <laughs> Minoj. Did, have yeah. you all ever attended Pecha Kucha? I'm not. Um, I, I, I don't believe that uh, it's happening anymore, but that had always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think Connect with Culture Days is now like my mm. favorite thing in Charlotte. It is amazing, it's, yeah. It was just everywhere, so and mm. there were so many activities going on, and yeah. they were accessible to mm-hmm. everyone in the community. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks mm. in Charlotte need mm-hmm. to look to Arts and Science Council right now to see what they're doing yeah. in order to make cultural experiences, experiences, period, accessible. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. Which means they can't all be uptown. Right. <laughs> Look now. Right. 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 Bring it awesome. down. Awesome. David, you are amazing. Like, As are you. Thank you all for Can having me. Can you tell our friends who are listening how to connect with DigiBridge? Where is your footprint on any social media? And it'll be in our show notes, awesome. friends. But yeah. if you can tell us a little bit about how to connect with DigiBridge. Website is D-I-G-I hyphen or dash bridge, B-R-I-D-G-E dot org. And then you can follow us on social media at Digibridge US. D I G I B R I D G E U S. Digibridge US. Make a note of it, folks. Yes. You got to connect. Well, again, this is another episode of the NPOMG podcast, and I am Melody. And I am Shannon. And David, thank you so much for yes, joining us today. We've learned so much. I love being here. Absolutely. And make sure you guys follow and support Digibridge. Yes. Find them on the website or on their social media. And yes. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Please and thank you. Yes, <laughs> at NPOMG Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.